Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Fat Boys Dynasty Podcast, hosted by the Fantasy Holics Podcast Network. Coming at you live again on that YouTube channel rant. Um, so we've got some kind of somewhat breaking news. It's it's about 15 minutes old at this point, um, but happened as we were setting up to go live tonight. Jim Harbaugh, national championship coach, leaves Michigan after winning the Natty, going to be the new head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert has a new coach. How do you feel about this one, Brent? Herbert's Herbert set uh, got himself a coach. Uh, be interesting to see what he does with the OC and uh, and DC there. Uh, is he going to keep Kellen Moore around to see see what happens? Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there in LA. Um, there's a, there's a chance you could see Blake Corum going there because I believe Austin Eckler is either a, a free agent or a decent cap saving if they do cut him. So I could actually see you getting Blake Corum there in uh in the chargers and getting a little bit of michigan flavor there for john harbaugh yeah definitely a a big name off the market i know a lot of teams were, were hopeful uh to you know be considered i know my falcons had a second interview scheduled with him for thursday obviously that was canceled a little bit earlier in the day which kind of painted the picture um this may be happening but uh yeah it'll be really interesting obviously harbaugh's definitely um you know had success everywhere he's gone whether it be stanford whether it be the 49ers whether it be michigan and now now we're going to la let's see if he can write that ship i know there's some salary cap issues that he has to work through obviously um you know there's there's some there's some battles here for him but another nonetheless we've got another head coaching candidate off the market um earlier in the week since our last episode as well brant antonio pierce officially signed the dotted line we uh kind of speculated that one was coming but uh, uh we've seen the raiders um the patriots and now the los angeles chargers um sign coaches so it'll be interesting to see what other dominoes start to fall titans signed a coach as well you're right, Brian Callahan. Callahan Correct, Brian Callahan signed yeah. this week as well. You're right. That was yeah. So interesting. Uh, that would be something that you and me will dig into as these coaches coaching vacancies actually all come to an end. You and me both will sit down. We'll go. Let's see what kind of history does Harbaugh have with passing and rushing and and Callahan and and all these guys. You and me will sit down and break down what their impacts on fantasy will mm -hmm. be like further down the road as. We'll wait till they all close up. I know Seattle's still open. Uh, Atlanta's still open. Uh, who else is still open? Let's see. You got Atlanta, Seattle, Carolina. Um, my goodness, I'm going to draw a blank here. There's still still five of them open, I believe. Yeah. Um, oh, bit, the bit, one of the big ones to really look out on. It wasn't a head coach, and that is Shane Waldron signing with the Bears. That that's a that's a big one to keep your eye on here in this offseason. Um, I wanted to make sure we brought that up. I, that might be the last three. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. It's definitely not. There's still five. Oh, the commanders, Washington mm -hmm. commanders. Um, let's see. What's the other one? Anyway, there's another one out there, Brant. Um, <laughs> but uh, and I don't know why it's eluding me so hard right now, but it sure is. Um, but anyway, we're going to see. I, I think the dominoes have started to fall. Obviously, the big ones are Ben Johnson. Uh Aaron Glenn, Mike McDonald, those guys are still coaching. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens if teams wait for those guys or they're like, I don't want to miss out on somebody else, so I'm going to sign. Um, I, I, I do think Bobby Slowick is going to be one of the next names to, to come off the board, um, the, the offensive coordinator who did so well with C.J. Stroud this year. So it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out, Brant. But another thing that's going to start shaking out is these rookies. Rookie profiles, people are starting to speculate on what teams need this, what teams need that. As these head coaches start coming in, we'll know what to expect for their their picks potentially. 
Um, so it's time in the fantasy landscape, Brant, to start diving into some of these rookies. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's uh, let's get our bibs on. Let's see. So real quick, I did look it up while the intro was playing. There was five head coaching vacancies today left to be filled. Obviously, the Harbaugh one does fill one, so it is just the four with the Commanders, Falcons, Seahawks, Panthers. I did did look that up to confirm it. <laughs> so anyway, Brant, I put it in. I put it in the um, the excerpts of the show today that we're going to start this this journey of, of breaking down some of this year's college incoming college class uh, a little different than we've done it in years past. Um, and it wasn't necessarily intentional that it happened this way, but you and I both broke down a quarterback and one of their their better pass catching options um, from the same school. So you went with a couple of Huskies from Washington. I ended up doing a couple of Tigers from LSU. Um, so let's just get into this. Let's start talking about the quarterback prospects uh, and go from there. And then we'll move into these wide receivers, Brant. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we're doing something a little different this offseason. We're going to break down some rookies uh, earlier than we did last year. Last year, we talked about team needs and everything else. And we felt like that was really dry and, and no one really wanted to hear that. Um, that was more opinion based rather than, you know, actually breaking it down. So this is this is uh, this is the start of our rookie breakdowns. Um, and like you said, we, we each went with the team. Um, I tried to stay away from the. Um, known quarterback names i originally did research for a guy and then uh by the time i hit the end of it i found out oh he went back to school i'm doing all this for nothing so um but i'll break it down i'll get right into it if you want me to uh, and that's michael Penix jr please uh one of the biggest question marks with him is his injury history he was in indiana he's had multiple acl tears shoulder injuries He's 24 years old. At the draft, he'll be 24. He's six foot three, 210 pounds. He was a three-star recruit coming out of high school. He didn't do a whole lot in Indiana because of his injuries. He came in. Um, he came in in, in 2022 there for for Washington Huskies. He went 362 for a 362 of 554, 4,641 yards, 31 touchdowns, eight interceptions. So pretty good there. 2023, he actually only had one more in each category. 363 out of 555 for 4,903 yards, 36 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. One of the best things that really comes on with him, one of his strengths, is he has a big arm, and he's got great accuracy with that big arm. He's able to put the ball into some tight windows and, and, and get the ball downfield in, in a hurry. He identifies mismatches 
uh, very well um, at the line of scrimmage. He is he has great pocket awareness and and his and his athleticism. It, he's not the greatest. He's not going to be a guy that's going to take off like a Josh Allen and plow over three four guys and, and get the first down. But he can extend the play and he can go ahead and scramble for a few yards. The two biggest injury or the two biggest weaknesses that I see on him is injuries and his age coming into the NFL. Those are the two biggest ones I feel. And then the other thing is he actually has a really, really slow release. The way he, the way he delivers the ball could be a problem in the NFL of how slow he actually gets the ball out for those deep balls. Um, He's projected to be a late first round, early second round draft pick uh, to a QB needing team. Um, I absolutely loved watching him play in college. As, As a lot of you guys know, I'm a Husky fan. Um, and it was great to watch him. He was fun to watch at, at Indiana when he was healthy. Um, and I wish him the best in the pros, but I just don't think he's going to quite be as successful as, as, as a lot of people are looking at it. I hope for the best for him in the pros. I hope he gets drafted, stay away from Seattle. I don't want that negativity and injury history there. Um, but I, I hope for the best of this guy. I think he is a great late round rookie pick in your rookie drafts. I don't think I'm going to put him into my number one QB spot anytime soon. Yeah. So it's, it's actually interesting, Brant. I I read recently um, that actually in the NFL circle, like as far as scouts and execs, they're not nearly as high on uh, Penix as the national media is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wouldn't be at all shocked to see him slide to be a potentially a, a third or a fourth round pick um, if that ends up being as true as it is. Yeah, This guy here, in my honest opinion, just a little bit of film I did break down for this right here and, and watching him. If you want my honest opinion, I think he's a guy that you may see come in in a two-minute drill just to push the ball down the field. And it may be a few years before he's an actual NFL starter full-time, but I could see him be a, a nice relief pitcher there, uh, a relief quarterback, sorry, um, because of his huge arm and able to get the ball down the field. So I could see him with some of these weaker arm quarterbacks or older quarterbacks. I could see him being a backup to one of them. Okay. Uh, so as you um, – I went through Malik there. I, I'm going to go through Jaden Daniels, obviously, um, when I said I had a pair of, of LSU Tigers. Now, he suffers from a lot of the same um, negatives, if you will, that Michael Penix does. Um, and I'm going to start with the negatives with Jaden Daniels first after I go through some uh, of his numbers. He's six foot four, 210 pounds. He's going to be 23 years of age at the draft. Um, in 2023, which is really his breakout year, he busted onto the scene with LSU. He threw 327 pass, uh, passing attempts, 236 completions for a 72.2 completion percentage, which is just astronomical. Fantastic stuff there. 3,812 yards to go along with 40 touchdowns, four interceptions. So we had a 10 to one touchdown uh, interception ratio, which are great things. And then I think ultimately this is going to be the most athletic quarterback profile in the draft Brant. 135 rushes in college or in uh, 2023 for 1,134 yards rushing and another 10 touchdowns. So this man was responsible for 50 touchdowns uh, at LSU this year, which is a big part of why he ended up ultimately winning the Heisman. Right. Um, so let me, let me talk about this, the negatives here, because I, I found a little less uh, negatives with him than I expected to. The biggest one that sticks out to me is the slender frame. Um, He's not going to break uh, sacks or tackles. 
um, in the pocket, he's going to go down when those happen. Um, how will he hold up to a 325 pound, uh, you know, Aaron Donald coming down on top of him uh, will be yet to be seen. Um, he is a fifth year senior, obviously. Um, and the knock on him was that the first four years of his collegiate career weren't very productive. Even his first year at LSU, it was better than Arizona state, but it wasn't to this level, obviously. Um, so that is a, that is a, a huge question mark, but, um, you know, much like Joe Burrow kind of busted onto the scene there in his mm-hmm. year and it's worked out well for the Bengals. So we'll see. And then the last thing that I have on him as, as a con brand is that while he does work his reads, he, he goes from, you know, route one, two, three, whatever, he, it, it, but he's very slow to do so. And he sometimes gets a little bit of what I like to call your headlight look. Um, if, if he gets route one and it's covered, he, his eyes start darting around a little bit. And sometimes he may try to force to an open wide receiver and he may miss a guy, you know, making a move deep or something occasionally, not often, occasionally. Um, that's it. That's all I've got for, for cons on this guy. Let's get into the pros. This is a little bit better. Absolutely phenomenal at reading the coverage that's on, in front of him. He, he can see really quickly what the defense is trying to do. Uh, he's very dissecting that and working through that. So uh, above average coverage reading. Um, and then once the play starts, his decision-making is very good, Brant. So he does work the like the progressions. Like I said, they need to speed up a little bit, which I think is something you can coach. But if it's not there, he will throw the ball out of bounds if he can't tuck it and run. He has great legs and makes plays um, very well. I, I gave him actually three-plus signs as I was writing this down. Three-plus signs in front of the word athletic. Um, this guy is is very – he's going like I said, he's going to be one of the more athletic quarterbacks in this class. Um, I, I definitely think there's some striking resemblances to some other quarterbacks we'll talk about in just a split second here. Um, second best deep ball accuracy in all of FBS uh, last year, Brant. 64% completion on throws uh, 21 yards or deeper was second in all of uh, FBS last year. So this guy definitely is the definition of if it's open deep, I'm going to find it. Um, and then the last thing I wrote down about his pros is that he has exceptional touch. So on shorter routes, it's not always a bullet pass. He can get the ball over bigger uh, linemen, you know, work around those things. So it, the touch is there too. So, um, you know, I, right now I think this guy's a top five pick, probably top three. We'll see what, you know, how things fall at the draft. I don't know if I see him getting in front of Drake or Caleb Williams just yet, but I, I definitely think, um, you know, he's a top five pick. The reason I don't think he does grant is because the 23 years of age, which is a little bit young, older, obviously, than Caleb Williams and Drake May. Now, here's the thing that I think is interesting. I looked like three or four different places, Brant, and I saw a lot of people, that my, and this matched my initial um, comp, NFL comp I had for him. I saw a lot of people comparing him to Lamar Jackson just due to his athleticism, um, you know. But here's the difference with Jaden Daniels, and I think this is actually a, a slightly better comp for him which could be scary in the right uh, setting. I actually have him written down that I think I see a resemblance of Houston Texans to Sean Watson brand. So not the Deshaun Watson we've seen in Cleveland, uh, but the Deshaun Watson that was a bona fide stud in his time early in Houston. I think Jaden Daniels ends up being a very good fit for an NFL team. I think he's a, a great fantasy asset. I could see the argument to be made to take him fourth overall in a, in a super flex rookie draft. Obviously, you're going to see Caleb Drake uh, and probably Marvin Harrison go in front of him, but I, I genuinely like Jaden. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's a fun guy that way. He was fun to watch, and I think he'll be very fun in the pros. Uh, outstanding guy for fantasy to be owning. I could definitely see him being a first-round super flex draft pick. 
uh, early second round in in regular uh, dynasty leagues, um, read our uh, rookie drafts. Um, so let's let's jump into the, these wide receivers. And, and I know everyone when you said I was doing the Huskies, they all assumed I was probably doing Rome. Um, I'm not actually going to do Rome. I'm doing Jalen McMillan, uh, four star recruit. Actually played his entire time. He was a redshirt uh, junior, so he's leaving a little bit early. He played all four years for um, – or was with Washington for all four years. Um, he's redshirted because he did have an injury in his first year. His first year, he only played three games. He had one reception for 16 yards. That was back in 2020. So that was his redshirt year. Um, he, he's 22 years old right now. He's uh, six foot one, 192 pounds, so he's a smaller frame guy. That is one of the negatives I do have on him. Um he was a four-star recruit, and he took he he chose to go to Washington over over um, over places such as Alabama and Notre Dame. They both had offers out to him, and he chose to go to Washington, um, which was actually kind of crazy because you probably couldn't even name me the quarterback prior to Penix uh, throwing him the ball in the first two years. So his first two years, he had a total of fourteen games, forty receptions total, uh, four hundred seventy four hundred eighty-five yards, and three touchdowns in his first two years. So his last two years. With uh, we'll go with 2022. We had 13 games, 79 receptions, 1,098 yards, and nine touchdowns. Last year, he dealt with some leg injuries. Um, he was in and out of the lineups. He played seven games, had 45 receptions, 559 yards, and six touchdowns. Um, like I said, it was a little leg injury. Right now, he's projected round three, round four area for the NFL draft. Uh, some of his strengths, he, he's actually a really, really good route runner. Um, and getting out there, um, he, he's he's a great catch and run threat. Yak ability there is there. Um, he he tracks the deep ball very well. Obviously, you saw quite a bit of that last the last two years with with Michael Penix, um, and he does really track. One of the biggest and craziest things that you notice about him, and I actually was like, "There's no way I'm actually noticing this." And then I kind of looked, and people were putting this. He has really really long arms for his frame, so his catch radius is a lot bigger than a lot of the times or a lot of other players out there at six foot at six foot one um you know, his weakness is his size he is he's a smaller guy at six foot one under 200 pounds and he there he struggles to win outside he struggles to create that separation um when he when he does run out outside route so if this guy gets into the slot somewhere he could definitely be a dominant wide receiver in fantasy um like i said he, he's a fun one to watch he's a guy that in my mind is going to be a sleeper in a lot of uh, a lot of fantasy drafts, a lot of people won't be looking at him. They'll be looking at Rome and Marvin Harrison and a few of the other names out there. Um, so this is a guy to keep on the back burner. And this is a guy that you could be really worth stealing. I mean, let's think about it over the last few years. Let's talk about some rookies. One is comparable in size, and that's Rasheed Rice. Uh, just came out. He was, what, a third, fourth-round draft pick in most rookie drafts. Uh, and then, then, you know, the year prior to that, help me out here. I'm missing somebody last year, two years ago. Like burst it onto the scene. Well, the one three years ago that I could think of would be Devonta Smith, um, size wise, but uh, yeah. obviously that's a little higher draft profile. Mm -hmm. um, trying to think two years ago who it would have been. Uh, Puka Nakua, let's just put that one out there. Puka Nakua this year probably went undrafted in most rookie drafts that were in the second or third round that only have two or three rounds. We'll just put it out there. There's guys that are always on that back burner that will make some noise for fantasy. And this is the guy that I really could see uh, being that guy this year. I, I, I mean, re honestly, Brent, recently you could, you could, you can scratch the surface with guys like Jaden Reed, uh, Dontavious Wicks. Um, there's all these different, uh, you know, names that, that people 
probably get out of drafts and, and ultimately add some fantasy relevancy. Um, so it's just one of those things that, yeah, again, if you, if you have, if you're, if your rookie drafts three rounds and you have five picks and wide receivers, a position of, of need for you, you take stabs and, and this would be a great stab to take in the second. round. So um, the wide receiver, I'm going to talk about, you're not getting in the second round of a rookie draft. He's going to go top five for sure. And, and rookie uh, picks, not a rookie drafts, even, even in Superflex, I think he's the fifth player off the board. That is Malik neighbors. I'm not shying away from the big names here. I'm diving right in head first, six foot uh, tall, 200 pounds on the nose, 20 years old. So he's, he's, he's a little young still. Um, in 2023, he had 89 receptions, 1,569 yards, 14 touchdowns. He averaged 17.6 yards per catch. Now, obviously, I just talked about Jaden Daniels uh, in the one before about how good his deep ball accuracy was. Uh, Malik Neighbors, it was a big part of that. Um, again, I, I have more, more cons written down than I do strengths for him, Brant, because he does everything very, very well. I have three things that I think he does exceptionally well, and then I'll talk about his weaknesses. So I'm going to jump right into the pros. Um, so the first thing is his his route running is is just astronomical. He's very smooth in his routes. He's smooth in his transitions. He's got an extremely quick twitch and a first step. Um, so he does have that ability to create separation. Um, you know whether it be um, you know faking in and then running out towards the sidelines or, or giving a head nod and running towards a post. Um, this guy is one who who's going to give cornerbacks fits. Um, and then the biggest thing that he has is ultimately his ball tracking deep downfield um, is second to none. He goes and finds the ball. He puts himself in a position to make the catch, uh, and his separation is, is pretty good. He's Now he's not going to be a speedster. Um, this is not Deshaun Jackson um, out here, but this is a guy who can create separation with his route tree, and if he catches the ball in a little bit of space, he's going to take it to the house. Okay. Um, now the weaknesses on this one, Brant. So, um, this is, again, this is just – because I had to write something down. It's stuff that I, that I picked on. He ran fit, over 56% of his snaps um, from the slot in college. Now, granted, at six foot, 200 pounds, his smaller frame, maybe that does translate well. But um, do I want to spend an early rookie pick on a primary swap, slot rice receiver? Maybe not. It, it's worked out well for guys. Um, some guys, you know, again, Devonta Smith, most of us thought he was going to be a primary slot guy. He's had a, a fantastic NFL career to this point, especially for fantasy. So, again, uh, I'm, I'm grasping here. Um, he could struggle with bigger physical corners at, at the next level. He did struggle with that a little bit in college. Um, bigger corners that were able to jam him at the line of scrimmage did end up being able to stick with him a little bit better. Um, so, you know, if, if he's going against a guy like Sauce Garner, that's going to be a problem for him. Um, again, Brant, I'm, I'm trying to just find stuff to write down here at this point. Average size and strength. He's not going to blow you away with his size. He's not going to blow you away with his strength. And because of those things, um, he doesn't often win the contested catches. Um, it, this guy is not going to be one of those guys that you throw it up and it's a 50-50 ball and he's going to go win those a lot. Um, you know, I, I think this is one of those that he's going to have to get separation in, 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 in the separation. I, I still think he could be a wide receiver number one someplace, but I think he'd be better off going someplace where there's like, like again, not saying this happens, but it, it put him opposite of Devontae Adams on the Raiders, uh, something like that, where he doesn't have to be the number one, doesn't have to be the guy to go make 50-50 catches, just go out and run routes out of the slot, potentially run a little bit outside routes. Um, the NFL comp that, that come to mind when I watched his film, I'm not sure you're going to love this one as much as I did. I have Debo Samuel written down. Um, 
who again has been, you know, just fine for fantasy, definitely been, um, you know, one of those guys that if you own in fantasy, you're happy about it. So I think Malik neighbors, again, if, if there was no Marvin Harrison in this class, I think you could make a really strong argument for Malik neighbors to be the number one in this class. Um, but there is Marvin Harrison, who I think is in a tier all by himself. Then I think there's another tier where it's Malik neighbors and Roma doozy um, out of Washington there. And then I think there's another tier breakdown, but again, we'll get into all that. Um, I'm sure at some point you and I will do some rookie mock drafts, potentially some rookie um, positional rankings too, probably. So um, I won't get too definitive with my answers today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's the great wide, wide, that's the great wide receiver class. Um, as you and me both sat down, we're like, well, let's pick two players. And neither one of us even came up with the running back. It's not that deep at running back. I'm sure there'll be some diamonds out there, but this is a wide receiver class. Um, so as we break down more, uh, more and more, it'll be, uh, closer and closer to doing our rankings and everything else. Um, it's that time of year we're getting ready for the NFC and AFC championship games. Um, so it's really that time of year to start looking at even mm -hmm. deeper into rookies. Um, that's, I think that's about does it for us today. Uh, as always, stay hungry. Stay fat, my friends.